Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want your own Supercoach Championship ring? Well, head to supercoachchampion.com right now where there's a fantastic deal for all Jock Reynolds listeners. Use the code JR2021 to get free same-day delivery. So that is JR2021 at supercoachchampion.com to get your own Supercoach Championship ring for your league this year in Supercoach. G'day community and welcome to the Pocket Profiles podcast. Today we're looking at Fremantle and joining me is Baron. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you today? Not too bad, not too bad. So just to refresh people's memories, we go through the locks, the knocks, the bolters, the breakouts, the rookies, the passes and the traps. So we'll start right at the top. Baron, who is your lock? Uh, my lock for the Fremantle Dockers will be Luke Ryan in defence. I completely agree. Talk me through him. He's just good. That's really all you need to know. Um, there's a lot of guys sort of in that same area, same price uh, in Supercoach, the the rebounding defenders. Um, but I don't think he's going to have anyone who can immediately compete with that role, you know, at the Dockers. That's his lockdown. Yeah, so he played that role really well in the absence of Alex Pierce and Joel Hamling, and hopefully with them back fully fit, he'll be given more of a license to rebound and use his tools the way that he wants to. And I think it will actually either improve his scoring or at least keep his scoring the the way it was and just make him more consistent. Yeah, and he was, what, the number three defender in Supercoach last year? And if he can do even better than that at... 576,000, that's a good deal. Yeah, lock him in. We'll move on to the knocks. My knock is Andrew Brayshaw. I was on Andrew last year as Brayshaw Breakout. Hashtag Brayshaw Breakout. There was one thing that continued to annoy me and all the owners that jumped on board with me, and that was the fact that he didn't get a lot of game time. He was averaging about... 70% 70% game time across the whole year. There was a few games where he played a little bit longer, but a lot of the time it was off the field for quite large chunks. And in the longer games, I wonder if he's going to continue to play 70 or 60% or if it's going to go further down. But I'm still at a loss as to why his minutes are being managed because he is a long-distance runner, um, and his endurance, it was something lauded in his draft year, but he doesn't seem to be getting the freedom to play out games fully uh, under Justin Longmuir. Do you think it's a case of not so much his endurance can't handle it, but it's the physicality of being an ins- like he just doesn't have the upper body to handle the bashing and the crashing yet? He's one of 
the team's best tacklers. Okay. So it might be to do with managing that side of things where he puts a lot of energy into his tackling. Yeah. And so, and so they need to put him on the best on the bench for, for long rests. But I think it's just something that I'm not prepared to bring him back into my side just yet. Um, just, I want to see how his game time goes early in the season before considering him as an upgrade target. No, I think that's fair enough. And uh, he's probably not going to jump to an unattainable level price-wise if you do give him a couple months just to simmer and see what he does. Who's your knock, Baron? Uh, my knock is uh, Michael Walters. Um, just uh, looking through the uh, centre bounce attendances uh, through the year, I think off the top of my head he was something like with the first eight or nine weeks he was doing about a two-thirds third split so like two-thirds midfield a third up forward and then when he, he had that couple of weeks off with injury and he came back and it went to something like nine-tenths of his time was up forward and a tiny little spurt in the midfield here and there um not to say he he can't score as a forward because you know he's an awesome player and he does awesome things on the field but um it's hard to see him scoring consistently above 100 with no midfield time at all. Yeah, it really seems like Justin Longmere wants him in the forward line as someone that the midfield can kick to because it doesn't seem like um, we've got a lack of midfielders now with Brayshaw and Chera and Tucker and Sarong and all that coming through. He really wants some people in the forward line, wants players in the forward line that can affect and mark can affect the play and can read the play and can mark and kick and all that sort sort of thing and it it really seemed like he was wanted to get the players back to the positions that that they were best at playing and even though Walters would prefer to play in the midfield he does his best at work while he's in the forward line yep definitely we'll move on from the knocks who is your bolter um, I've gone for Liam Henry as my bolter, which is, that's just pure speculation. There's no real thought behind it other than he's a small forward who can kick goals and he's cheap. So fingers crossed, he bolts out of the gate and kicks a bunch of goals early in the year. 100% agree with you and he's mine as well. We seem to have a lot of the same We're on here. the same wavelength, we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's actually returned to preseason really bulked up. I think he's put something like six or seven kilos on his frame because when he was drafted, he was quite, uh, he was quite slightly built. Um, but now he's come back and he's put on quite a bit of muscle and he can kick on both sides of his feet as well. And he's affecting match drills pretty, pretty well. So I think he's going to team up with Michael Walters and Lockie Schultz in that forward line. And that's a dangerous forward line having three guys like that down there. If the ball hits oh, the deck, it's just they can pull anything off. And I guess the biggest difference between Liam Henry and Michael Walters is the price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's what's Henry? He's uh, 184000 compared to yeah. the 531 for Walters. So Yeah. We're, so we want Liam Henry to play in that role because that's where he will score well for us uh, rel- uh, relatively compared to Walters where – He's a 500k and won't score as well. Yeah. Even though they'll probably, bo- even though there's a chance they might both score fairly similarly, it's the whole price thing that comes down to it. Definitely. 
I'm going to go straight to breakout. My breakout is Adam Chera. He was talked about by Josh Carr as being the Dockers' best inside midfielder in 2021. They want him right there in the action. And um, his end to the season was awesome. I think that he was playing a bit of wing, a bit of a bit of half back, and was attending quite a few centre bounces. Yeah, and- I think I've got his centre bounce numbers here over his last month. So he had ground 15, he had 47% at centre bounce, 16-31. 1771% and 1848% and he had scores of 97 121 87 and 80 so average of 100 odd over his last five rounds where he's playing midfield yeah so that's very good and at 484k i guess the question is do you you'd have to select him as a keeper do you th- do you think you could bank on him to average 105 over the year yeah, it's a tough one because I was, again, I was looking through the midfields and his time in the midfield always seemed to, it wasn't like a natural thing of, you know, he was just in there. It was a case of, oh, Walters was injured or Darcy Tucker was injured or uh, Connor Blakely was in, injured and then he was the replacement for those guys. So do you think if Tucker and Blakely are fully fit, they could fit? enough time in for Chera and Sarong and Fife and those other guys that he would still be able to score well? To be honest, I don't think Connor Blakely is going to be in the best 22. Okay. I don't know if he's, I don't, I don't know if he's on, he'll, if he'll be on the cusp, but I don't think they're planning on him being the, in the best 22 at the moment. Um, Darcy Tuck is a, a strange one because he was on the verge of having one of his best seasons yeah. in 2020 and then got injured in that hamstring injury a long term one yeah. yeah it ruled him out for, for the season and i would really like to see him back in that midfield but it really depends on how they want to structure it because we don't know where nat fife is going to be and we'll talk about him a bit later but they've got Brayshaw, Chera, Sarong. They've got numbers, and, impressive numbers. Like they've got they some really good through, young yeah. kids c- coming through. And even though Darcy Tucker might be someone who they really want in the in the midfield, it might come down to a balance thing. Yep. So he has played across halfback b- before, and not like they're short of numbers down there either. But they might find another position for him somewhere else. I know the wing p- positions are also a matter of. Um, there's really a void on that wing ever since Ed Langdon and Brad Hill left. They've got James H and the, and that and it's that really that other wing that they've been experimenting with. They had uh, Blake Akers spend spend time on the wing, but everyone saw how how well he worked as an inside midfielder towards the end of the year. And um, who knows how that midfield is going to shape up? Yeah, that's what the preseasons to teach us. So, who's your breakout? Ben? Um, my breakout is uh, Caleb Sarong, um, just because I was amazed. It actually amazed me. So he was the number one midfielder at Frio for centre bounce attendances, which for a rookie just just blew my mind. And so you think, again, he is another year in the system, bigger, stronger, experienced. If he can keep those numbers out, then you'd think he, he can do better. Yeah, I can see him jumping up his average. I don't know if he's going to jump up to the same levels as what people expect Matt Rowell or even Tom Tom Green to jump to. But to average 80, 81 in your first season yeah. is massive. Yeah. And, like, you know, people went crazy when, like, Sam Walsh was doing well in his first year, but there doesn't seem to be 
that hype around Sarong as much. Maybe it's because he's in Perth, you know, and he doesn't get as much attention, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll turn on the Vic bias a bit and say, you know, if he had been in Victoria, uh, he would have been talked about way more. Yeah, I 100% agree. The 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 great divide be, be, between the Victorian side of the, of Australia and the West Australian side of Australia yeah. um, probably gets in the way of his re- recognition, even though he did win the NAB Rising Star Award. It seemed, feel, feels like he's won it and then been pushed to the side. Yeah, definitely. We'll move on to the rookies. I've gone for Luke Valente. Luke. I know we talked about midfield mix being pretty stacked at the moment, yeah. but this this guy got handed the number 29 jersey after they jersey, Guernsey, however you say it, jersey, <laughs> Guernsey. kit, number um, from, from Matthew Pavlich, basically. He, and he's been hampered by groin injuries, foot injuries, ankle injuries, and this is his first full preseason, and he's impressing. Yeah. So I think that I think that he could be one that forces his way in, maybe even ahead of someone like Darcy Tucker, just because he's someone that has been crueled by circumstance in the end, really. He probably should have debuted last season, but proving yourself in a scratch match isn't really a way to put your hand up. Mm-hmm. What I remember about him as an under-18-year-old too, it was he was kind of one of those players where um, he was good at everything, you know? So those type of guys, you can say, oh, we, we don't have the midfield spot, but then you can go, well, you know, that wing's open. Maybe he could play there or uh, you could find different roles for him to do and he'll pick it up. And he was touted to go in the first round but slid to pick 32 in that draft yeah. as well. So he, he so he's out to prove people that he is a first-round talent and... I don't think anyone's denying that. It's just we haven't seen him in action yet. And it might have been the case that other teams knew knew about this groin injury, but I reckon the Dockers saw value in, in, in him at pick 32 and decided to, to take the risk. Yeah, I think he was the um, MVP for the uh, SA team in the under-18 comp that year, so definitely has talent. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, Baron, who's your rookie? Uh, my rookie is uh, Heath Chapman. So he was the uh, was a number fourteen pick for the Dockers this year. Yeah, number pick number fourteen, one hundred and forty eight k in so defence. I'm just basing this on um, uh, the Dockers being a young team, want to get experience into their young guys, sort of the way they did with Sarong last year. Obviously, not going to expect the same results, but a, a, a cheap rookie who could potentially get some games early and make some cash. Yeah, and Peter Bell said after he was drafted that he didn't necessarily have to play as a key defender either because he had the tools to be in a big-bodied midfielder or play up forward. It was just that in his best years where people took notice of him, he was that third tall taking intercept marks and rebounding. Yep. But what drew people to, to him in the first place and the fa- in the what drew people to him was the fact that he could accumulate the ball. So they thought that there's a chance that even though he was more more of a key defender type, he could move up the ground and and affect even on the wing or up forward as a as a key position yeah. player. He, he's he, you described him like that. He sounds like um, the way they talk about Darcy Fogarty for Adelaide, big big hundred ninety odd centimeter guy who could maybe develop into a midfielder. 
Okay, we'll move to the passes. I think I should go first because there's lots of explanation to, to go with this. Okay, you can go first. I'll sit back and let you go. My pass is Nat Fife. Okay. He hasn't played a full season in however long. And who knows where he's going to line up. He's probably he's probably going to be very good wherever he lines up because it's Nat Fife. Oh, yeah. But if he's going to be stuck forward the entire time providing a marking target... I just don't see how you can fork out over 600k for him. Yeah, that is a lot. That's, yeah. So, yeah, he's my pass. I Not someone I'm selecting to begin with. I'm happy to be proven wrong there. And I hope I am proven wrong, but just not picking him. Yeah, that's... um. That'll be the controversial call of the day, I think. Uh, you might get some feedback on that one, but... Uh, I don't think uh, anyone would know any uh, better than you. So, um, who's my, your pass? My pass will be uh, Adam Terra. And was it for similar reasons that we talked about before? Yeah, the midfield mix. Yeah, the midfield mix. Um, and that could change between now because you just don't know. But just just all we can do is go based on what the coaches have said which obviously they're talking Chera up. But again, what happened last year, the numbers they have, it's easy to talk talk players up during the preseason. Every coach does it for pretty much every player. So yeah. I'll pass on him for now until we can start seeing uh, what the mix is like during the preseason. All right, we'll move on to the final category and we all fall into them or we try not to, but we always do fall into them at least once. Who is your trap, Baron? Uh, my trap, and most people probably wouldn't think about picking him anyway, but I know sometimes people are cash scrap. So uh, David Mundy is the trap. Um, people think, oh, he's 500 grand. He could do slightly better next year, but I don't think um, his scores will be going up. They'll just continue to go down. I'm also not sure he plays every single game either. Yep. There could there could be a point where he reaches his 354th game to become the Dockers rec games record holder and and that's when he retires yeah. immediately. 354 and, games, jeez. Yeah, so he will reach 354 games in round 20 of next season. Okay. So he could retire with three games every game? left. That is if he plays yeah, every single so game. Yeah. That's that's going to be so, a tough one for the coaches to oh, do we yeah. get him the 350. Do we, yeah. So he, so he, he only needs, uh, he, he only needs something like f uh, 14 games to get to 350, yep. 17 games to get to 353 to match Matthew Pavlich mm -hmm. and then, an, and then an extra game to become the game's record okay. holder at the club. So it really depends on, how the club wants to handle yeah. it and how he wants to handle it. How but it could be the case that he reaches 354, becomes the game's records holder and um, then decides, well, that's it, mate. That's, that's it for me. Br bring a kid in for the final three games. Yeah. And it really depends on how the team's going as well. Cause if the team's making the finals, he's definitely not going to do that. No. Yeah. He, he'll stick around for the finals. You would think if they, yeah. Yeah. My trap is, I've gone a bit cheeky here. My trap is Josh Tracy. 
Okay. Pe- people are picking him as the floating donut, the yep. 102K Ruck 3 floating donut. Yeah, I, I had to look him up when you first said him, Josh Tracy. And I had him in my team. And I pay so little attention to that role, the floating donut in my Ruck, that I didn't even, I was like, what? Who's Josh Tracy? And then he was in my team. So you should I don't think he's going to be a. <laughs> you should pay attention to everyone. I don't think he's going to be a floating donut for very long. Okay. He's, he's the way people old. are talking, the way people are talking about him, wouldn't surprise me if he makes his way into the round one side as a forward or a ruck. Uh, as as a forward. Okay. So, because doesn't I Sean think... Darcy have a slight knee knock at the moment? You don't think he's going to? Sean Darcy um, should be back in pretty much full training next week or okay. the week after. Sure. So. Uh, so his knee injury hasn't hampered him too much, but I think Josh Tracy will come in and maybe even for someone like a Sam Sturt to, to the sidelines who's still managing an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Well, then, if if he does play, though, do you think if you just uh, completely skip that floating donut strategy at all, would he get enough games, do you think, that he could be worth selection? I put you on the spot a bit, didn't I? It honestly, it, it honestly depends on how many games he plays and what's and what sort of role that they want him to play. Do we? It sort of comes down to: is he going to play enough to earn us money? Yeah. And once Sam Sturt is fit, does he stay in the side? Yeah, exactly. So I personally think that because he could be a trap both ways. If you go, oh, he's playing, and I pick him, and then he only gets two or three games, that's still made him a trap a bit. It does still make him a trap, but I mean, in my opinion, this year your floating donut needs to be at M eleven. Mm-hmm. So your your eleventh midfield spot. Okay. Because how often do you use that spot for scoring? Yep, definitely. Um, just because I feel like the most logical person to pick in that position for R three is Josh Tracy, mm-hmm. but you need to be prepared for the fact that he may actually play. It sounds weird to say, be prepared, your bench player might play. Normally, we'd be like, all right. It does. It feels very weird. And But but most people are picking him being like, oh, no, and in round one, I can captain this guy and then yeah. put Josh Tracy on field. If if this guy does well, well, if Josh Tracy plays, then you're captaining Josh Tracy, aren't you? Yeah, and it can screw your whole <laughs> strategy up completely. Exactly right. All right, well, I think we've covered it, Baron. Thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. It was uh, good to uh, get on here with you and talk about the Dockers a bit. No worries. It was good to chat about the Dockers as well. And hopefully we will hear from you in, in another one of these soon. Yes, you will be hearing from me soon. So good or bad, depending on your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later, community. Bye, everyone. <laughs>